On this edition of Kiwi Tripsters, we head for the top of the south, Magical Marlborough. We enjoy some sound encounters in Queen Charlotte, highlight two great lodge stays, we taste our way through wine country, plus we dabble in many of the other inviting indulgences to be found in Blenheim. Welcome to Marlborough. We're back with Kiwi Tripsters Travel Podcast. Get ready and take off to spectacular destinations as we continue our journey and share the inside word on all things travel. Whether it's luxury travel or backpacking on a budget, whether it's cruising or foodie trips, we've got you covered with top tips and tricks so you can have an amazing travel experience. And now, over to your hosts, Mike Yardley and Andrew Seppi. Welcome aboard, Kiwi Tripsters. I'm Andrew Seppi. I'm Mike Yardley. Good to see you, Michael, as we immerse ourselves in the magic of Marlborough. Yes, as opposed to Magic Mike. I've got to say that riding your bike no hands was magic when we were 12, but not now. Anyway, I've seen enough of your tricks. So let's start at the port town of Picton, which is the great gateway into the sounds. It is indeed. And I reckon Picton has come on strong in recent years, the little minx. Oh, yes. On a sunny day, she is so seductive that satin blue water cradling Picton <laughs> Arena is like... Photo shoot perfect. It is. Um, there's a really nice buzz and ethos about Picton. Some really good hospo in that horseshoe curve edging the waterfront. In fact, my namesake, Andrew, yes. uh, Michael Yardley, runs Cortado, which is one of those swanky <laughs> cafes across the road from the lovely War Memorial. How lovely. Mm. Now, these are the things you need to know. Yes. Uh, tell me about Toasty Picton. Well, I headed to this very hip new waterfront venue, which has been <clears throat> busy turning heads lately, seducing mm. a lot of passers-by. Great winter food, by the way. Comfort food, you know, warm toasties. Hello. Um, and these, very New Zealand. Gourmet toasted sandwiches. Totally. I know. Absolutely. Yes. Um, and they do sourdough toasted sammies, all made with their in-house four-cheese blend. Ooh. So I ordered up an evening Ivan, which consists of <laughs> pastrami, <laughs> sauerkraut, and pickle. Mm. And then the other really hot seller I noticed from their toasty menu is Pete. So, <laughs> again, how New Zealand. I oh, call yes. my toasty called Pete. Pete. <laughs> now, Pete combines salmon with cream cheese, capers, and pickles. They are stupendous toasties, and they will warm your cockles. They will indeed. Nothing like a warm cockle. I wonder if it was in Australia, they'd call it Shane or Steve-O. <laughs> anyway, a unique experience in Picton is the Edwin Fox Museum, which juts out from the foreshore on Dunbar Wharf. Mm -hmm. This is the world's second oldest surviving merchant sailing ship. And I believe, the only surviving ship that transported convicts to Australia. I wonder if we're keeping it just in case. Well, I uh, guess it uh, could be useful and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, needs must. Yes. But so much history. And this thing was built in 1853. She also carried settlers to New Zealand. She carried troops uh, to the Crimean War. Wow. Um, but unlike some other historic ships like the Vasa in Sweden or the Mary Rose in the UK. Or the Mary Celeste, which... Move on. Um, <laughs> what I love about the Edwin Fox is you can walk down into its hull uh, and up onto its deck, uh, and you can even see the bunk beds where those Australia-bound convicts used to sleep on the high seas. It is really a magnificent nugget of maritime history. Indeed. Now, sea kayaking is very popular in these here parts uh, because the sounds are sheltered uh, compared to the open sea and the wildlife is so good too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I checked out uh, the sea kayaking 
working with a company called Wilderness Guides, and they've been operating for several decades, based in Picton. And if you are looking for a guided kayaking tour year-round, uh, these are the go-to guys. I joined their half-day guided sea kayak trip uh, just out of Picton. Okay, and this tour takes in the western end of the Queen Charlotte Sound around Grove Arm, right? That's right, and it is such a haven, Grove Arm, because you've got really sheltered coves, beautiful beaches, lush native bush, and because of its relative seclusion and calm, uh, the marine life loves Grove Arm. There aren't, yeah. you know, big ships, big inter-islander ferries to have to navigate. Of course, um, yeah. So, yeah, you get all of this marine life popping up with surprising regularity. You'll see hectares and dusky dolphins you'll see stingrays and eagle rays. Um, I didn't see this myself, but generally an orca will cruise through Grove Arm uh, at least once a month. That's cool. Yeah, it's a really immersive encounter with the primal pull of the sounds. All right, let's dip deep into Queen Charlotte and the mail boat cruise run by Beachcomber Cruises, and this is an iconic outing. My understanding is the mailboat cruise has actually been operating for about 150 years. Really? Isn't that amazing? So, yeah, this is real living history that you can dip into. Maybe New Zealand Post should start using mailboats again. It might improve <laughs> the service. Anyway, As opposed to those little um, golf carts. Oh, I don't think they <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> uh, the yes. skipper of the mailboat cruise um, will deliver you a cracking cruise commentary. So many fascinating insights. For example, Queen Charlotte, I didn't actually realise this until recently. Māori call the sound Tōtara Nui because they think the sound resembles the shape of a mighty Tōtara tree. Of course. Um, and if you have admired those old weatherboard homes in Wellington, you know, like Newtown or Mount Victoria, Thorndon. Ah, oh, yeah, I did know this because yeah. that's where they got the timber from, wasn't Absolutely, it? Absolutely, yeah. It was uh, sourced there and milled in Queen Charlotte Sound before being sent across the strait to Wellington. So, yeah, a lot of Wellington homes have a direct connection with the sound. That's a very cool bit of history. And you'll encounter some of the locals living in relative isolation throughout the sounds as they come down to the jetty to meet the mailboat yeah. when it's dropping off deliveries. It, it yeah. is such a great encounter. One of the local legends I met was this 14-year-old black Labrador. and the lab... <laughs> you, you and your dogs, I, I love it. I love my doggies. Yeah. Yeah, no. And this lab was trained as a pup to take his owner's mail bag down to meet the boat on the jetty and then pick up you know, the incoming mail. Uh, very well trained, although because it's now getting long in years, yeah. uh, on a cold day, the lab prefers to stay curled up by the fire. Fair enough, too. <laughs> and you'll see the King Salmon Farm at Ruakaka Bay. Yes, heavily fortified um, yeah. with perimeter fencing because the fur seals go nuts oh, over yeah. the King Salmon. Yeah, so yeah. they love to try and break in for a drive-by feed <laughs> and they often succeed. Ram they, raid. Yeah, total ram raid. Mm. Absolutely. Um, and they make a hideous mess if they do manage to break in. We actually spotted another fur seal, big lumbering bull, snoozing <laughs> on the back of a luxury yacht at anchor. And I I reckon Mr. Seal must have taken the boat's name to heart. Feeling naughty. Isn't that cool? That is very cool. <laughs> All right, the fish life is, is pretty prominent around these parts. Yes, indeed. In Resolution Bay, uh, we fed some fish off the side of the mail boat and I am talking about colossal-sized blue cod. Yeah. The water was swarming with them. 
uh, because it's part of Long Island Marine Reserve, which was the South Island's first area to be accorded marine reserve status. So these cod, they just grow gigantic in size. Fishing is strictly prohibited, although looking at these cods, I did feel rather peckish. Indeed. Now, notably, Resolution Bay boasts some of New Zealand's top shags. Quality shags, indeed. The area is home to some very fine shags. Um, Yes, edging the waters... The rocky nooks all mm. through this area are a flutter with king shags, which are unique to the Marlborough Sounds. There's only about 600 of them, apparently. I do love a king shag. Wow. Uh, during Cook's second visit to New Zealand, his crew caught one of these king shags and took it home to England, which is not a good look. No, I have really. never thought, Andrew, it is wise to snatch someone else's shag. And by the same token, though, there's nothing better to round out a nice holiday than a quality shag. This is very true. Okay, just ahead, we swap the boat for the walking boots and enjoy some tasters mm, on the Queen Charlotte track. Back in a moment. You're back on deck with Kiwi Tripsters as we savour the splendour of Queen Charlotte Sound. And if you want to walk it, uh, the track is a four-day affair, right? Indeed. And you can mountain bike it as well, but you'll definitely want to wait until spring because at this time of year, a lot of the lodge facilities along the way are closed over winter. The track is particularly wet. Um, So, yeah, early spring and you're good to go. But if you don't want to do the full four-day traverse uh, on foot. There are two great half-day walks I would recommend, which you can slot together with pickups and drop-offs using the Picton transfer operators like Beach Coma Cruises. Okay, let's start with the stage one walk. The stage one of the walk, which yep. is probably the most famous stretch of the track, starting from Ship Cove. Yes, this is a history dripper, because as we referred to with uh, Cook and his shags, mm. throughout the 1770s, um, Ship Cove provided safe anchorage, food, water and timber for Cook and his crew on five separate occasions. Uh, and this marks some of the earliest sustained contact between Māori and Europeans. Cook Absolutely loved Ship Cove. He would have. Um, Yeah, and there's a magnificent monument commemorating his repeat visits to the area. Now, I believe that one of the original cannons from the Endeavour, the Mm. big boaty thing that he came in on, adorns the monument. Yeah, amazing. And um, I reckon Queenslanders might have a bit of a beef with us over this because this cannon was actually salvaged from Cape Tribulation, which is in North Queensland. And it was because the Endeavour, after he'd been in New Zealand, uh, when he went across the Tasman, the Endeavour ran aground on the Great Barrier Reef by Cape Tribulation. So the crew had to throw numerous bits of equipment overboard to free the ship, including these cannons. And somehow we got one of them, and it's now at Ship Cove. So stage one of the track takes you from Ship Cove to Ferno Lodge, right? Yes, and it starts with uh, quite a thigh burner up to Tawa Saddle. Um, But once you've uh, got your breath back, uh, the track flattens out as you roam across the thickly forested ridgeline to Ferno. And those elevated views up on that track are just soul-stirring. Just before Ferno Lodge, there's a very short detour to a 1,000-year-old Rimu in what's called Howden Forest. It's a stunning specimen, and the lodge itself was built by the Howden family nearly 120 years ago, and you can expect really good hospo there. Of course, after a 
a bit of a stroll, you'll be uh, have an appetite. How was the food? Very good. Okay. Uh, very local. I devoured popcorn clams, um, wild pork croquettes, Ooh. and roasted Brussels sprouts for dinner. The local wild pork was Bruss- actually... Brussels sprouts are such a polarizer, though, with people, aren't they? They are. You either, are. you either love them yeah. or hate them. I love them in winter. There's something very hearty and wholesome and hmm, okay. warming yeah. of the cockles about them. Indeed. Yes. No, yes. <laughs> uh, the local wild pork, which um, br- brought about my wild pork croquettes, uh, was very freshly shot, I understand. And interestingly, it may well have been a descendant of one of the wild Porkies that Captain Cook introduced into New Zealand because he let them loose in Endeavour Inlet, just down from Furno Lodge. So, well, look, I, Queensland going to want those back as well. Well, we could perhaps swap a porker for another cannon, perhaps. Um, throw but it that's, a tag. Yeah, great. Indeed. This is history you can taste. Um, there's a great range of accommodation options at Furno. The lodge, by the way, reopens on September 1. Okay. You can book now. What about the second stage to Panga Cove? Yes. Now, this connects Furno with Panga Cove on a very flat, easy 12-kilometre coastline track around Endeavour Inlet. Um, once again, through lush native bush, lots of birdies. It's a doddle, this walk. It's so easy. And from Punga, the crowning jewel of the Queen Charlotte track can be knocked off as a half-day walk. Now, this would be Eat Well's Lookout, not yes. something you'd want to say 10 times fast. This is true. You got it, yes. Eat Well's Lookout, and it's named in honour of the landowner who is considered the grandfather of the track, Rod Eatwell. And that lookout is the ultimate hero shot. It's the most spellbinding perch, gazing wide and long across Queen Charlotte Sound. It's multitude of bays and little headlands and islands. The views are enormous, and you can do that as a four-hour return walk from Panga Cove. Now, people rave about Panga Cove Resort itself. Um, it's yeah. got quite a name. It certainly does. And I think it's because the scenery is just sublime and you are nestled amongst it. Um, it's blissed out, this retreat. Uh, you are sort of on the, the side of the hill, overlooking the jewel-like hue of Endeavour Inlet. And um, the accommodation, which I think is really cool, spans all tastes and budgets. So it's not exclusive. It's not elitist. Uh, You can order up a bunk room, a retro chalet. If you want to go posh uh, and have a bit of a splurge, there are very stylish apartments and suites. I bedded down in one of their frond suites, which is oh. right up at the top of the hill. Oh. <laughs> yes, um, very, very pampered, I have to say. And what did it have? What was all the what were the bits? A massive, massive private deck. So you just have the most incredible view across Endeavour Inlet. You had the the TV. I know I do uh, probably (laughs) sound a bit shallow here, but even when I'm in the wild, I I do like the telly. (laughs) I like a bit of telly. I like a bit of telly, love. Yes. Um, I like to have access to my interweb. (laughs) I do. I do like my interweb. And the Wi-Fi is very good. Um, But, yeah, it's just the views and the bird song at night. I had this little baby possum run right in front of me as I was heading down for dinner. Um, Did you stop and say hello? No, well, um, the the staff suggested I stand on it, you know. Oh, well, you (laughs) can't... 
Well, they're, they're <sighs> beasts. They're eating our trees. Yeah, possums are lovely. Leave them alone. Leave <laughs> but, them alone. yeah, it's a stunning place to stay. It's not a huge, huge, huge place, so no. you need to book. When does the resort reopen? August 1. So, Ferno September 1. Panga Cove is August 1. So, I really would recommend, if you want to beat the summer crowds with a spring stay at Panga, book now. Book now. Book now. Because the world is coming back in force. Americans love Queen Charlotte Sound. The Aussies love it. The Germans and the British love it for the birdies and the shags. You know, the big twitches. Oh, yes. The Europeans. Very twitchies. Yes. So they'll be back. So get in now. Make your bookings now. You'll absolutely love it. You can't go wrong. Coming up, we swap the sounds for the vines, gins, beers. That'll appeal to you. And good times of, (laughs) yes, of Blenheim. Stay with us. Back soon. Stay tuned. Kiwi Tripsters will be right back after this break. From the sensory natural pleasures of the Marlborough Sounds to the cultural head-turners, wines, craft producers and dining heroes of Blenheim, plan a flavour-loaded fling with the top of the south. Make your first port of call the region's official website, marlboroughnz.com. You're back with Kiwi Trips. There's Mike and Andrew as we blaze a trail through the brilliance of Blenheim. And I've run out of B words. Marlborough produces 75% of New Zealand's wine, with 85% of that being Sav Blanc. And that's not your drop of choice, is it? No. No. I'm not a fan. No. Uh, someone suggested to me Sav Blanc can sometimes taste like what cats produce. <laughs> Which I thought was a bit unfortunate, but probably quite fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thankfully, it is not just world-famous Sauvignon Blanc that Marlborough does so well. So mm. the Pinot Noir, mm-hmm. which is probably my favourite variety, Pinot, Pinot Noir. Pinot Gris would be mine. Yep, they do that very well. Chardonnay, yes. Riesling, they're all top-notch, uh, the Marlborough uh, varieties. So, yeah, they cater to a very wide palate and drifting between those cellar doors and the tasting rooms and the vineyards of Marlborough is one of life's great pleasures. Well, there's no shortage. Marlborough is home to 120 wineries, over 35 cellar doors, and here's a fun fact for you. Marlborough's 27,000, yes, 27,000 hectares of vines equates to roughly 30,000 rugby fields. <laughs> The Crusaders would get a little tired running around that for a final. So where would you recommend? Well, I was particularly excited to check out Rock Ferry. So these guys are very big into organic wine, and they have scooped a stash of gongs at the Organic Wine Awards. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many Marlborough wine producers also grow red grapes in central Otago, um, and Rock Ferry's Pinot Noir is absolutely divine. All dark plums, cherries, ripe fruit. Um, I also enjoyed their Orchard Vineyard Pinot Blanc 2017, which is a rarer variety in New Zealand. The dominating flavours were almond and ripe pear, mm. and it goes really good with seafood. How very cultured of you, Michael. Oh, thank you, Andrew. Oh, very very nice. So visiting Blenheim without popping into Cloudy Bay would be kind of like going to China and missing the Great Wall. <laughs> you know what I'd I'm agree. saying? I'd agree. Or LA and saying, Disneyland, what's that? Yeah. 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 Going to LA and missing the Hollywood sign. Yeah. Oh, oh. 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 Anyway, at Cloudy Bay, 
in the warmer months, um, you definitely have to go there to have your fill of oysters at Jack's Raw Bar and Palora Sparkling. Wash it down with the Palora Sparkling, oh. which I think is one of New Zealand's best bubblies. A very swish affair. Very yes. swish. Uh, you've got the hanging egg chairs, the oversized couches, lovely groomed lawns. It's very glam, uh, the cellar door. Uh, and you've got fabulous views of those rows upon rows of wine oak barrels in the cellar. Now, another legendary wine name in Marlborough is Alan Scott. He was one of the true pioneers. Alan Scott planted the first vineyard in 1973. He worked with, you know, at Montana and mm-hmm. Corbins and eventually established Alan Scott Family Winemakers, which still remains a totally family affair. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and his son, Josh, was the founder of Moa Brewery, ah. just down the road. Um, but yeah, they're an incredible family, the Scots, and you will definitely want to partake in their Salador experience. This is what I like about it, Andrew. You mm-hmm. can try every Alan Scott family winemaker's wine they have any day of the week via their self-serve enomatic machines. That can be really dangerous. <sighs> every home should have one. <laughs> from pre- every, every school should have one. <laughs> yeah. So from yeah. premium sparkling wine to their exclusive Pinot Noir, yeah, you'll feel like a kid in a candy shop sampling their glorious wines. And <laughs> if you can still stand, yes. what about the Alan Scott Bistro? Well, once you've freed your way from the dispensing machine, yes, uh, the Bistro is superb. It's uh, headed up by a chef called Matt Heath, or well, not the same person as the radio jock, um, and his mm. stellar crew from the Picton Food Cartel um, have absolutely gone full tilt when it comes to your hyper-local paddock-to-plate experience. <laughs> so the menu changes every day based on what they can get from local producers up the road. Oh, it, that's it's cool. that local. Um, oh, yeah. The Atmos is very casual. Um, so that's the, that's the sort of place you've got to go to where you've got to trust the chef. Totally. The chefs. Absolutely. Not the menu. you just got yeah. to trust that what you're going to get when you go there is going to be... Nah. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. What did you have for lunch? I feasted on a platter of Massaman beef cheeks and oh. Hardasa pumpkin, which um, Matt had topped with smoked hummus, nut seeds, pomegranate molasses, and a green herb dressing. It was just incredible. But best of all, Andrew, oh. you'll love this. Oh, yeah. It came with a side of duck fat potatoes. potatoes. <laughs> oh. So no reservations are, are required at the bistro. You just rock up. It's no frills. Uh, no frills. Very cool vibe. Now, yeah, Marlborough's got a huge reputation, blockbuster, in fact, for grapes. Mm. But it, in the vineyards and the the, the, the million rugby paddocks with yes. the vineyards, etc. But it's not just the wine. No. And, and they, they, they truck out some other really nice stuff, which no doubt mm. you... Had to taste. Exactly. Yes. And Ruth not to. <laughs> I enjoyed a great gin tasting <laughs> at the Vines Village. Um, uh-huh. And this is where you will find elemental distillers. They have set up a, a, a gin room at Vines Village. Now, elemental distillers was founded by Ben Leggett and Simon Kelly, and this craft distillery produces premium craft spirits and liqueurs, but it is the gin, the Roots Marlborough Dry Gin, which is their signature product. It's a crisp and robust London-style dry gin. 
Lovely. What about the botanicals? Well, I'm always intrigued what we are popping in our craft gins in New Zealand. So obviously juniper is the base. Yes. Um, and for elemental distillers, their roots gin, the juniper, comes from North Macedonia. But when it comes to the New Zealand botanicals, they have loaded up uh, their gin with Gisborne grapefruit, coriander seeds from Hawke's Bay, organic Motueka hops. Mm. And best of all, I've never come across this before. Wild foraged gorse. <laughs> so we finally found something to do with gorse. Oh. Put it in the gin. Um, and I had the pleasure of meeting Ben, and I've got really exciting plans to develop a gin garden, and they'll have live gigs in oh. their gin garden, and that's going to be based at Vines Village. That's being developed now. Should be open in a few months' time. Now, don't be put off by by um, homemade gin, because there was a tradition in New Zealand, when you and I both worked at Radio Network years ago, there was a tradition of the staff brewing their own gin, and it tasted like something you would have bought from Bunnings. <laughs> But these, but these guys, uh, they know what they're doing, and you, you have to try it to believe it. Now, yep. Marlborough also has a thriving craft beer scene, yes. and one of the new boys on the block is Boomtown Brewing Company. Such a great name, isn't That's it? It's in a Boomtown. Yeah, uh, which is Blenheim's nickname, Boomtown. Boom. Yeah. Uh, Clive cool, McFarlane. Yes. Yes. Cool guy. Yes. Cool guy, Clive. Now, he established this brewery about four years ago with a mission of producing craft beer by locals for locals. Um, and the Boomtown's brews are crisp, they're smooth, they're very easy drinking craft beers. So if you like your APA, there's the Alabama APA, there's White's Bay IPA, Marlborough Lager, Baby Boom Pale Ale, and the biggest seller of all, particularly if you're a Pilsner fan, you'll have to try this, Polaris Pilsner. Oh, fantastic. Now, Clive's a top bloke, and the locals are buzzing about their beer garden, right? Oh, absolutely. Over the summer months and through into autumn, uh, this place was going off. Yeah. And the garden, the beer garden, is located behind the alcove, which used to be... The cellar door for Geesons. Ah. Oh. Um, so, yeah, 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 Boomtown have taken it over. Um, so the garden was operating over summer, but they have now obviously moved indoors for the winter months. So between Friday and Sunday, you can rock into what they call the alcove. Roaring fire will be there for you. Atmospheric courtyard. Lots of cool things for kids as well. Very family friendly. Um, and check out those amazing brews. Yeah, drop on Sea Clive and have one of those Boomtown brews. Uh, stay with us. We're going to tuck into some great Blenheim Eats shortly and then head to Omaka. This is Kiwi Tripsters with Mike and Andrew. One place you must dine in Blenheim is Gramado's Restaurant and Bar. It was inspired by a small town in southern Brazil. I'm in love with this restaurant. It's very cool. Oh my goodness. It is under the culinary command of a very theatrical showman called Solo Nunes. Yeah. Um, Solo is a rock star. And <laughs> this is his puppy, Gramado's. Um, it's such an authentic, expressive place for Brazilian cuisine and Brazilian atmos. I was there on a Monday night. The place was absolutely packed to the rafters. It's, so It's worth going there just for solo. But yes. any recommendations from the actual menu itself? Well, you will definitely want to try the Pardo 
Quejo. Pardo Quejo. Lovely. <laughs> These are little balls of cheesy bread. They are delicious and comforting in equal measure. Mm. Um, very Brazilian. And for my, my main, I ordered the magnificent feijoada. Now, this has got winter written all over it. It's a thick and smoky black bean stew with pork ribs and bacon served with white rice. The other really cool thing at Gramado's is, for some reason, Solo insists you do some blind tasting of a variety of wines. <laughs> That'd be right up your alley, wouldn't it? Oh, it's all part of a shtick, and it was great fun, actually. I, In fact, I have to admit, I was completely hopeless at identifying what variety <laughs> I was drinking. I was actually enjoying a very nice wine, and then I discovered it was a Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> <laughs> Caught. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, go to Gramado's, go hungry and go thirsty. Just watch what you go and ask for a Brazilian. Also, on the food front, be sure to call into the Burley. Yes. Now, this is a much-admired producer of gourmet pies. Again, like the toasties. I love New Zealand. We've got gourmet yeah. pies, toasties, very yeah. kiwi it is in its own way. Yeah, totally. Um, great if you need something on the go. And they do incredible pies. The sweet pork belly and the steak and blue cheese, they're big sellers. But I reckon wow. taking top slot spicy Jamaican lamb in a pie. Ooh. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Indulge. Now, speaking of indulgence, uh, Marlborough's very own chocolate factory. Yes. Makana Confections. Yeah. Now, they have a sister site in Kirikiri. Yeah. Um, but these guys do such a brisk trade, they have free chocolate tastings. Free chocolate tastings. Mm. So you can just pop in for a little chocolate pick-me-up. Mm. Um, you can watch the chocolatiers at work through giant windows inside the chocolate factory. But their products range is mouth-watering. Macadamia, caramel, corn to, you know, as in popcorn, uh, to uh, Marlborough, Pinot Noir, truffles. Oh. But I tell you what, the one thing you need to try... You'd have to roll me out of there, but yes, oh yeah. yes, yeah. I think they didn't on my account. <laughs> um, the classic macadamia butter toffee crunch. Wow. If you can go to Meccano Confections and not buy that, you are a better person than me. <laughs> Yeah, and me probably. For a complete change of scenery, which is a very complete change of scenery, believe me, the vintage aircraft displays at Omaka Aviation Heritage Centre are absolutely next level. The two exhibition halls dramatically showcase even classic aircraft from the two world wars. That's right, yeah. So the original Great War exhibition is called Knights of the Sky. This is the one that's got all of uh, Sir Peter Jackson's uh, oh, personal yeah. collection. That's right, that's where they are. Yeah, uh, his World War One aircraft, all sorts of artefacts. Many of the planes are fully airworthy and they'll often give them a bit of a fly around, um, but it's just the settings, the sets, <laughs> the, the the Hollywood quality um uh, props that are wrapped around uh, these aircraft. And, and some recreate actual incidents like the plane that crash-landed into the only tree standing on Flanders. How would you feel? What a schmuck. Well, you would, but you, your attention would... It's like, it's like, you know, you've got long, straight roads, like yes. Tram Road in the South Island, and there's yes. one tree. People always hit that tree. <laughs> it's, it's just a thing. Um, the human stories behind the respective pilots of the aircraft are also really vividly brought to life. And 
Then there's all of the rare war memorabilia mm. of Sir, Peyton, uh, Sir Peter's uh, collection. Incredibly compelling stuff, including personal items belonging to the famous Red Baron himself. You yeah, see, my money was always on Snoopy. The, those Christmas bells, those Christmas bells. Oh, now, yes. the, the World War II exhibition yes. explores the, the stories of both male and female aviators. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and there are some great tales of valour from the forests of Germany to the jungles of the Pacific. You will meet aviators like Russia's famous female fighter pilot, Lydia Litviak, the White Lily of Stalingrad. It's the Soviet press nicknamed her. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, she was, she was mean. You didn't mess with Lydia. Uh, Lydia or Lydia. <laughs> <laughs> the sheer scale of Russia's losses in World War II. Oh, yeah. Um, man, it is so soberly illustrated. Yeah, they're still a bit grumpy about that, I think. They are. Yeah. They are. Another favourite personal story, which I thought was quite amusing, is they've got this mannequin of a Kiwi pilot called James Hayter, hmm. and then they've got this beautiful setting uh, of him landing. He was shot down over England and parachuted to safety, dropping down in the middle of an English garden party. <laughs> Cup of tea, don't mind if I do, yes. Oh, absolutely. And as you could imagine, all of the assembled lovelies sort of swooned over him and um, quite promptly offered him a stiffener. And a drink? Yeah. Recently, the family of deceased aviation collector John Smith appointed Omaka to work with them as guardians of his remarkable collection. It is amazing what is lurking in people's garages, and John Smith is... <laughs> here's, a, here's, a, here's a tiger moth. Oh, look. <laughs> exactly. It's so true. The Smith aircraft collection is amazing. Um, it includes a complete de Havilland mosquito, John's own original tiger moth, mm. uh, and New Zealand's most famous... P-40, Glory Alliance. Now, they're joining the Lockheed Hudson that has already been uh, on display at Omaka, thanks to John, for quite some time. But, yeah, I mean, Omaka is just such a blockbuster attraction in Blenheim. If you've never seen it, you really are selling yourself short. And it's quite incredible that so much history is tucked away in a little place like Blenheim. I mean, yeah. no offence to Blenheim, but sure. it's, it's, it's a smaller town in totally. New Zealand. But yep. there it is. Mm. Now... <laughs> Please get in there. Do it. This is this is world history in New Zealand, yes. and it's right on our back doorstep. That is it for this edition. Be sure to like and follow our Facebook page, and our show notes, as always, are available on the website kiwitripsters.co.nz. For some great travel reading this winter on all things Marlborough, check out our feature articles on For the Love of Travel, the website address fortheloveoftravel.nz. That is fortheloveoftravel.nz. Plus, we would always, as usual, love you to rate and review Kiwi Tripsters wherever you get your podcast. And we will catch you again in a fortnight as we head back over the ditch and visit Brisbane. Take care. Thanks for listening. Telly ho. And that's a wrap for this episode of Kiwi Tripsters. Liked what you listened to? Then join us for our next episode of Kiwi Tripsters, where we bring you more travel inspiration, giveaways, and insider knowledge with expert guests on the show. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram, and visit us on kiwitripsters.co.nz. But most importantly, subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts, and tell us what you think of our show. Till next time, safe travels. Safe travels.